Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Our own Becky Day, and thank you. Michelle Bauer, is that right? Bauer, wonderful. This is Minister Kimmy's mama. Put your hands together for her, which is wonderful to have you tonight. Well, without further ado, Pastor Vince Vinson going to bring the word in the moments that remain tonight. Would you put your hands together for our own Pastor Vince? Well, howdy, church. Hey, remains, remains, I said howdy, church. <laughs> I got to have y'all with me tonight. Praise God. Hey, look at, look, open your Bibles to Genesis um, chapter 45. I'm going to read one single vo- vo- verse out of Genesis chapter 45. And verse 9. Oh my goodness. Genesis chapter 45 verse 9. It says, Haste ye, and go to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son, Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Father, we thank you for your word. That it continue to be a Continually be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives today and every day, Lord. May we walk so much in it that we're so conformed to the very image of your son, Christ Jesus, in every way. Lord, that we act like him, that we talk like him, that we walk like him. In Jesus' name we pray and all in agreement with that said. And you may be seated. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it says in Genesis 37, verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brothers, and they hated him. Joseph is a very interesting man in the Bible. He is a man of great integrity, an integrity that is time-tested. Time and time again, Joseph's integrity, his trust, his belief in God, is tested and you think your faith is being tested hallelujah sometimes you know in early morning prayer you guys go to early morning prayer Uh, you ought to we just finished reading the book of Job now that man went through some stuff he went through some hard times and God allowed him to go through some hard times and I want you to know that just because you're going through hard times doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. Doesn't mean you've sinned. Doesn't mean you, you, you've run off the road. Doesn't mean that you're, you've fallen off the cliff and you don't love God anymore. Doesn't mean any of that. Sometimes you're going through hard times because God is trying to squeeze something out of you. He is trying to bring up inside of you what is really there, the treasure of your life. And sometimes We got to go the hard way. I want you to know that easy things aren't very valuable. But that thing which you went after, which you sweated and toiled to get, that you've hungered and thirsted after for years and through time, that becomes very precious to you. And you don't take that very lightly. I want you to know that God doesn't want to take the gift that he has placed inside of you very like you, very likely. Oh, yeah, like what he said. <laughs> Y'all got to excuse me. I'm, I haven't been here in a little while, and I'm very tongue-twisted. But I want you to know that God is trying to bring out in you the very best. And no matter how long it takes, no matter what you got to go through, it's worth it in the end. For Job, it was worth it. In the end, now I wouldn't want to live one day that Job lived. I'm serious. And when, until he got to the end, you know, he had one good chapter. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. But that one chapter was worth it. Sometimes we have to go through stuff. And we can take a look at Joseph's life 
and see the things that he went through and we can be encouraged. In Matthew chapter 5, excuse me, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I want you to know that Jesus was his father's favorite, just like Joseph was his father's favorite. They have some things in common, Jesus and Joseph. You know, the Bible never mentions a sin that Joseph did. And we know that Jesus never sinned. Judah sold Joseph as a slave for 20 pieces of silver. And Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. They have some similarities. Um, Joseph was let down into a pit and was raised again. And we know that Jesus went down into the pit of death. And three days later, he rose again and is alive forevermore. So they have some similarities. They also have some, dif some differences, okay? Joseph never raised any dead people. He never healed any sick. He never did signs and wonders. And he never cast out demons. But yet, he did become prime minister. And although we never read of, of Joseph performing supernatural miracles, he made his contribution to the plan of God. And it was just as spiritual as Jesus' contributions. So sometimes we look at ourselves and we go, man, you know, I never cast out a, a, a devil. I never did any miracles. You know, I'm not a televangelist and I'm not a pastor. But I want you to know that God needs accountants, that God needs engineers, that God needs doctors, lawyers, policemen, soldiers. He needs everybody. Living their lives for him in every aspect of society, in every aspect of our lives. We are in society. We're in this world. We're not of this world. But we're to teach this world about Jesus. And we can make and do the same things that the world do, but we just can't do it the world's way. We got to do it God's way. We are salt and light in the world. And I mean, we're not just salt and light in the church. We are salt and light in the world. We're to go out amongst them and compel them to come in. Come on. Jesus went to the publicans and he went to the sinners. He went to the places where they, hang, he, where they hung out. He went to their parties. He went to their dinners. He went to their weddings. And every place he went, he showed forth the praises of the one who sent him. And we ought to do the same thing. We're Christ's ambassador. When we walk into a room, when we walk into a house, we're there to represent Jesus. And everything that we do and everything that we say, we're not conformed to the image of this world. But we've been transformed. Our minds have been removed. That now we don't represent the world. We represent Christ in us. Wow. You know, God's done some great and mighty things in my life. He's brought me a mighty long way. I don't know if you know that I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. And you know, if you, if you watch the basketball game, they show you the best shot at Cleveland that they possibly can. But if you notice this, they only show you the one shot. Because okay? <laughs> there's not too many angles you can hit Cleveland at and just see good stuff. Okay, they give you that one little piece but I know all of Cleveland, okay? I grew up on the east side of Cleveland. I was born a, a poor black child, right in the ghetto. If I took you to where I was raised at, you wouldn't even want to hang out down there. You would be like, um, can we go to another part of town? And you know, and like, I took my kids down there. And I took him, I showed him Cleveland, and then we was driving around. I took some video footage, or I acted like I was taking video footage. And they were like, get back in the car. Stop taking pictures of people. We're going to get shot. We're going to get shot. <laughs> I'm not joking. They was like, they were scared to death. And we were just driving through town. And that's the place, and I'm pointing them all the places where I grew up and where I lived in the neighborhood. It was a trip. It's not a matter, though. 
of where you're from. You got to know that it's God that wants to take you to the place that he has for you. And it's a place that's not bad. It's a place that's good. It's a place that's not down. It's a place that's up. And you might start off a little funky, but you will not end there if you keep on trusting God. If you keep on believing, don't give up. He'll see you through. It's not his way to leave you all alone. Keep on believing. Don't stop believing. Keep on believing. The victory will come. Hey! Next week, me and Becky going to do, do it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want you to know that Joseph started out with a dream. He got a dream from God. And the Bible tells us that dreams are good. But you know, in, in Genesis 37, verse 5, it says Joseph have, had a dream. He told it to his brethren, and they hated him. That's a strong word. I just submit to you, they didn't like him too much before he told him the dream. And they really didn't like him after the dream. You know. But God gave him a dream. God is still giving people dreams today. You know, I was talking to somebody to, today. And I was giving them a word. And I, and, and I mentioned the word elevation. And then they told me about a dream that they had. They had a dream they were going up in an escalator. I was like, wow. Isn't that something when the, when, the, when the word that God gives you for somebody coincides with one of the dreams that they had? And they, they were so Im, 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 impressed. It's, a, it's an amazing thing what God is doing when he put people together. He put you in the right place. He put you in this room so that he can fulfill his will in and through your lives. So we get dreams. You know, a, a healthy body, a good church, gets dreams. And we dream of, you know, being things like thin and muscular. I'm a skinny man in a fat man's body. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm coming out. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't judge me for where I'm at. Judge me for where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> Some people dream of a fulfilling marriage and watch that marriage crumble and fall. Some people dream of a, of a wonderful family like me and Ava have. Hallelujah. And, and then you, you, you see the devil come in and try to destroy all that you've built. But I want you to know, and this is an admonition to men, I want you to know the devil can't come in and spoil a man's good lest he first bind the strong man. You got to be a strong man. You, you just can't be, you know, undecided about what you're going to do and how you're going to live. You got to be a man. And you got to be strong. Otherwise, the devil will come in, slap you around, take all your stuff, put your life in, in, in just, a, just a desolate place, throw you into a pit, and walk away with your destiny. But I'm here to prophesy that in this church, we're discipling and building strong men. You know, I've told you time and time again, don't follow people that ain't been through something. Don't follow people that don't know how to fight. Don't follow people who ain't been through a little fire. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Don't follow people who don't know who their God is. And those that know their God shall do great exploits. If they haven't done anything, if they're not doing anything, turn the station, get, get out, run, get around somebody who's doing something for the Lord. 
Somebody who's building a church. Somebody who's taking over a city. Somebody who's calling those things that are not as though they were walking in the very authority that God has given them. I like Pastor Daniel. He says, you can't stand people praying wishy-washy prayers. You know, I call them lukewarm prayers. You know, oh God, if it be thy will, and Lord, you want me to... Look, find out what God's will is. Find out what God wants and pray that. Okay. Hallelujah. I've hollered at you. And, and I'm done. I want you to know that the Bible says, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I want you to know that dreams are of God, and it's a prophecy not about the first days. It's a prophecy about the last days and more and more we're going to see dreams and we're going to see visions and we're going to see them come to pass because we trust God. When God shows us a mansion, let's not settle for the three bedroom shack on the side of the hill that's falling off that we got at a great discount. If you're going to dream Go ahead and dream big. Because you serve a big God. And he's mighty and he's awesome. And he always starts you off with a dream or with a vision. I know that when you look this up, you will see that God spoke to Joseph. And they say that God spoke to Joseph, gave Joseph a vision. He gave him a dream. It's just like that. That's how the wording goes. Starts off with vision. The beginning of that vision coming to pass was a dream that God had given him, and it was about his life. I want you to know how you can tell something is, is from God and not from you. Number one, okay, it'll be good. If you read Genesis, you'll find that everything that God makes is good. Hallelujah. When God gave you a dream, he gives you a good dream. So if you're having a nightmare, that's not from God most of the time. Okay, unless you've been a very, very, no, okay. <laughs> It'll also be something that you cannot do without him. It'll be something that's beyond you. But nothing is beyond God. So go ahead. If you got a big dream and it's bigger than you, you got to know that it's from God. Joseph had a dream of everybody Bowing down to him. Jesus, Joseph had a dream of being the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Wow, where have we heard that? You know, God, he'll give you a dream. You won't have a college education, but he'll show you running your own business. And I have this thing about what I tell people to do. You can argue with a whole lot of people, but don't never argue with God. If he shows you something, get in agreement with it right away. So if he shows you the mountaintop, believe God for the mountaintop and get in agreement with him right away. So he just got to believe you. If he shows you driving the Rolls Royce, okay, God, I believe you. You know, if he shows you the mansion, okay, God, I believe you. Just get in agreement with God as quick as you can and as fast as you can. And don't let doubt and unbelief come in your way. And you try to figure out things through your reason. Well, how is, am I going to ever own my own business? Don't you worry about that. You draw close to God. And God will give you your own business. He will show you the way. I don't care what people think. It might look like you're in a hole right now. It might look like you're in a pit. It might look like you're are bound, and yet you're never going to amount to anything. And nobody that you know knows where you're at. But I want you to know that God always knows where you're at. And he has a plan for your life, things of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. And he wants you 
in the palace. I don't care if you're a slave. You're like, oh, working for slavery. Don't you worry about that. As God is in control of your life, he is going to get you. Joseph was a slave and became the executor of all of Egypt. He became the richest man outside of Pharaoh on the earth. And that's not bad. How would you like to be the second richest man in all the known world? He could have been, a, I'm just a slave. But he was the best slave they ever saw. And God raised that man up. And everybody in Egypt besides Pharaoh had to listen to everything he said. Even When you got a dream from God, you got to hold on to it. Because God will always give you a dream. The devil will always give you a nightmare. Joseph had a dream. Then his life turned into a nightmare. He was thrown in a hole by his own brothers, his own sisters. You ever been thrown under the bus? You're not supposed to get up from that. When they say throw you under the bus, it's a finality thing to it. They're not just throwing you under the bus for, for, you know, for shelter. They're throwing you in a bus so the bus can run over you. Okay, and when a bus runs over you, 100% of the time, you die. Now, you might live if a pinto will roll over you. But you will not live if a bus runs over you. People ain't throwing you under the pinto. They're throwing you under the bus. <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, there's three things not to get hit by. It's an 18-wheeler Mack truck. It's a garbage truck and a bus. <laughs> Don't ever cut none of these people off. Because if something goes wrong, you in trouble. All right, I'm just saying. But Joseph's dream that he had, because it came from God, could not be killed by the nightmare. Because Joseph paid more attention to the dream than he did to the nightmare. Y'all think, you know, this is all fresh, but it's not. I just get this, man. God talks to me while my pastor is talking to me. And he tells me, man, I got to focus on the right stuff. You focus on the wrong stuff, all kind of bad stuff that ha starts to happen. You just start to sink. You cannot focus on Jesus and your problem at the same time. You either going to look at one and draw your strength from that one, or you're going to look at the other one and draw your strength from that one. Now, you can keep on looking at the negative things, but I want you to know the Bible says whatsoever things are. Okay, y'all ain't going to help me. Whatsoever things are good. Thank you. Concentrate. Meditate on the good stuff. Leave the bad stuff alone. Because you can't do nothing about it. You can't help it. <laughs> when your eyes are on Jesus, then all things are possible. When your focus is on him, when everybody at work is hollering at you, and saying, oh, man, you did this and you did that. Don't look at them. Look at Jesus. Look up and smile. After a while, they'll leave you alone. They'll be like, he ain't even paying attention to us. Something's wrong with him. <laughs> He's crazy. He still got a smile on his face. Oh, my goodness, he just got bought up on 21 charges. If you know you did not do none of that stuff, don't even worry about it. Just keep your focus on Jesus. I'm falsely accused. You didn't see Jesus having a, a fit when he was falsely accused. He knew what he was there for. He knew what he was going to do. And then he told me, whatever they did to me, they're going to do to you. If you're following me, if you're acting like me, if you're walking like me, if you're talking like me, I didn't have a rose garden. You're not going to have one either. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. God's overcome the world. So right along with your dream, the devil's going to try to take your eyes off your dream by giving you a nightmare. Now, this is what I like about God. God can give you a dream anytime. He can give you a dream right in the middle of your nightmare. You know, the psalm says, I prepare, a, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. 
And if you can get your eyes off your problem, off your situation, off yourself, which I do every morning when I get and I look in the mirror, I went, oh, God. I just want to think, I just want to talk to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glorious Lord. Keep my eyes on Jesus. I don't even brush my teeth looking at the mirror. I just look at Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Now, some people daydream. That's not having a vision or a dream from God. You daydreaming, wandering out the window, following the birds around, tweet, 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 and you're not thinking about God. You know, you're thinking about all kind of impossible stuff. What if this happens? What if this is the apocalypse and zombies come? What do I do? And, you know, I got to get guns. I got to learn how to shoot people in the head. You start thinking about crazy stuff. What if there's a vortex in space that's opened up a black hole and I'm sucked into it? What will I do? Dude, Earth. Earth calling, dude. <laughs> you know, come back. None of that stuff. You, if you ever just had these thoughts that you've thought about for a long time and it was just conjectured. It was just you flying off into space somewhere on some thought that you have. The Bible says bring every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. You bring everything back to God. You concentrate on God. You seek after God. You talk to God. You discuss it with God. You meditate on his word. You read about him. You study about him. You watch movies about God. And you watch how your mind changes. And how when impossible situations pop up, you'll be like, no, this ain't happening. God's about to do something great. You go, how do you, it's like I can say to the world. Oh, no, baby. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. For some people, it's going to be great. And for other people, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Same day, two different results because of what you decided to do with your life, what you decided to do in your mind, what you decided to do with your children. I really want to, I want to really go on the rapture, but I actually want to see it, but I want to be in it when it happens, but I want to see people disappear, you know, you know what I'm saying, but I, you know, I really hope we can watch it from up there, you know what I'm saying, wow, whoop, boom, 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 people just disappear, oh my goodness. Some of you say you'll never start a business. You'll never have a happy marriage. That you will never see your loved one saved. If God saved you, he can save anybody. <laughs> I know that God saved me. Now watch out. God saved me. He got me out of Cleveland. He got, he, I spent 27 years in Hawaii. I'm from Cleveland, man. I'm from 82nd Street on Superior. It's a street in Cleveland. 27 years in Hawaii. I couldn't find depression. It just couldn't come to me, man. I'd just walk outside and the chickens would be, and the palm trees be waving at you. And the sun was up. The average temperature in Hawaii is 85 degrees. Wonderful. God is awesome. God brought me to Hawaii. I got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. And said, thank you. I didn't even know God. <laughs> I was like, whoever you are up there, thank you. You know, I was grateful. I was like, wow, I'm in Hawaii. And then I went to Alaska. And I saw a place that was even more beautiful to me than, than Hawaii was. I'm like, no, you, you got to understand this, that my wife, man, about, about three or four years before we left Hawaii, she started having dreams of mountain lakes and streams with colorful fish jumping up and down. I said, wow, you know, Hawaii got a lot of things, but they don't have mountain lakes and streams. No, no, not in Hawaii. And I go, wow, I'm starting having dreams about eagles and stuff like that. And then we get totally allergic to the heat. And we couldn't even breathe at night. Either way, we every night. It was like, you know, we had fans on and everything. We were suffering. And then we come 
to Alaska. And it's so cool, man. You walk outside, you walk outside in, Atlanta, in Hawaii this time of night, you walk out there, all you're going to do is get heat blasted. Boom! We hung out in Walmart because we didn't have air conditioning. But Walmart was right across the street. So, you know, we go sit on a lounge. Watch day TV. No. <laughs> but then we came to Alaska. And everybody was like, why you came to Alaska? And I was like, what took me so long? So you had the dream. You had the nightmare. Okay. Those are crazy things. I'm skipping a lot of stuff because it ain't important. I, I talked about the nightmare for a long time <laughs> because I'm from Cleveland. Let me, let me talk about the new day because you have the dream, you have the nightmare, and you have the new day. This is the day the dream comes true. Now, I want you to know when the dream comes through, it comes at a very crazy, precarious time. See, you might be in a dungeon. You might wake up in the dungeon and go to sleep in the palace. God has this word that I really love when I see it in the Bible. It's called suddenly. Everything's been going bad for years. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, God steps into the room and goes, today is the day. And you go, what? Today is the day that you get out of this dungeon, that you get out of your pit. In Hawaii, we say you get out of the puka. Out of <laughs> get out of the ditch. Today is the day that you get to move into the palace. And it came to Joseph who was faithful. I believe that Joseph, if he would have died in prison, would have still died in faith. Because either way it went, he was going to a palace. Because God has gone to prepare a place for you. That where you are, that where he is, you may be also. He's got a place ready for you. And it don't look nothing like that apartment, nothing like that house. You can't build nothing on earth that compares to what God has in store for you. It's well worth it, church. Every trial, every problem, every hard situation, every struggle is well worth it. Because God has rewards for the faithful. He has rewards for those who overcome. He has rewards for those who don't quit, he has rewards. For those who live to bless his holy name, you will not be defeated. That is not how your life is going to be. You will not be downtrodden. That is not how your life is going to end. You won't be in the puka, you won't be in the pit, and you won't be in the prison. God's ultimate plan for you is to be set free, to be healed. To be delivered. Not only that. I love it. While you're here, he will make you a deliverer. He will make you a healer. And he will make you somebody that sets the captives free. Hallelujah. He'll put a sword in your hand. He will give you power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Well. Oh. Oh, and when the devil tries to tip you, your foolish mind games will not work on me. Hallelujah. Hey! Woo, woo! The devil is in trouble in Wasilla. Every dope smoking fiend is in trouble in Wasilla. Not because we don't care. It's because we do care. Not because we don't love. Oh, God help them. It's because we do love them. And we will not allow them to play on the highway of death any longer. The Bible commands us to stand between the living and the dead. And stop them. Put a halt in their tracks. God's eyes are searching to and from the earth. Looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. Who will make up a head. 
I think he's looking right here. I think he's looking right here in Wasilla. I think he's looking right at you. And he says, I'm looking for you to be that one, to be that dreamer. This is a new day, church. It's a new day. It's not nighttime. I love Alaska. Hallelujah. And we're going to take the town of Wasilla. Look, if they can take a presidential candidate out of Wasilla. He'll raise somebody up here in Wasilla. That's presidential. That want to take this land for Jesus. That will not go the easy road. Will not go the road of compromise. Oh, I'll just, I'll give you a part of Wasilla if you just shut up. If you just sit down and you let me sell dope to your babies. No. You can't have our kids. You can't have their kids. Hallelujah. No. All of those are children of the Most High God. And if it's, we've got anything to do it, they will serve God from the youngest to the oldest all the days of their life. Come hell or high water, we will walk them through. We will love them through. We will teach them. We will be good stewards of all that God has given us. And we'll go out and get some that ain't ours. Because God, that's what God wants. We'll be the father of the fatherless, the mothers to the mothers. Even though we're raising our own kids, we'll go out and get somebody else's because that's what God wants. We're not going to mind our own business. We're going to mind God's business. We're not just going to do our own work. We're going to do God's work. Hallelujah. We're going to let him use us. Because it's time, church. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming our way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season. God's reigning on me. Now, I made those last words up because I didn't know. <laughs> but it sounded good, didn't it? Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to know that no matter what your calling is, no matter what your occupation is, God wants to use you. But you can't be so swallowed up by the pit you can't be so encased in the prison that you can't have faith in God. Faith in God will open the prison doors. Faith in God will set the captive free. Faith in God will get you out of the pit. Faith in God will get your children back. If your children ain't dead, it's possible. Hallelujah. And even if it ain't possible here, it may be possible there because you don't know in what condition they die. Because of your prayers, God can do great and mighty things. You are not powerless. You're not weak. You're everything that God told you that you are. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to stand up. It's time for us not to just come to church, but it's time for us to be the church. Hallelujah. You are everything God tells you you are. So I want you to do this. I want you to dream, and I'm not going to sing the song, the impossible dream. I want you to believe that all things are possible through Christ. No matter what day or time it is, it's not too late. If you will embrace the dream that God gives you, God will give you a dream. If you'll embrace the dream that God has given you, He'll give it to you again. Oh, he's the God of the second chance, third chance, and 45th chance. But you'll never know until you decide to believe. Peter didn't know he could walk on water until he stepped out of the boat. Where's your faith at tonight? Will you believe God along with me for great and mighty things? God's called you to greatness. He's called you to be a child of the most high God. You are kings and priests to serve your God. And princesses and queens. God wants to use you. So stop focusing on where you're at. 
get a dream. Start focusing on where God wants to take you. And watch how things around you begin to change. Well, I hope you got something out of the message. I want to pray for you. That you get your dream from God. And that you won't waver when the nightmare happens. Because the enemy don't know what to do. He, he got to throw something at you to get your eyes off the dream. Because there's nothing he can do to stop it as long as you stay focused on it. How many people in here want a renewed vision, renewed dream from God? That ain't enough of y'all. Hallelujah. How many people want new vision, a fresh dream? Oh, Jesus. I'm starting to feel that now. If that's you, I want you to stand up right where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Father, another word for believers is dreamers. It's an aspect of every believer to be able to see dreams and visions. You said in the last days, you'd pour out your spirit on us, God. Even on our sons and our daughters, our men servants and our maid servants. You'd pour out your spirit on them, Lord. You pour out your spirit on us and give us dreams and visions. So we're asking you for the promise. Father, if we've blown it, just give it to us again. Because this time it's going to take. I believe that you spoke through Joseph through the years, time and time again. Every time he got in trouble. Every time he was falsely accused. Every time they tried to destroy him. You reminded him of the dream. So remind us of the dream. Tonight, God, in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, before we close, we always want to give an opportunity for you to get right with God. We don't assume that you're here and you've reconciled with him or repented of your sin. The reason this church is here, the reason we exist is to reach the lost. That's why we're here and to disciple and to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to raise up a mighty a mighty army of an army of people that'll dream God's dream and see it fulfilled. But the first step really is is getting right with God. And if you're here, you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never made a profession of faith. Ask him to forgive you for all of your sin. You say, what sin? You ever lied before? Yeah. Welcome to the human race. You ever stolen before? Yes. You ever taken the Lord's name before? In vain before? Yes, you have. All of us have broken God's law. All of us have broken the Ten Commandments. And you're not forgiven just because you want to be forgiven. You're forgiven because Jesus died on a cross for you. And His forgiveness towards you cannot be received any other way than repentance. And if you've never been truly repentant, that's not godly sorrow. I mean, that's not worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is like when you get caught and then you're crying because you got busted. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in your heart, you're truly grieved over the wrong things that you've done before God and that you realize that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on a cross for your sin. And then in that moment, as he, by a very gift, a gift of God, gives you the gift of repentance and then you say oh I realize I'm the one that crucified him I'm the one that put the nails in his hands it's my sin that he died for and you come face to face with the reality that you're separated from God because of sin it's not some little religious thing just because you came or truth is you could have baptismal waters dripping off your face and still split hell wide open it has nothing to do with any of the trimmings uh, or, the, or the actions of pretending to be a Christian any more than standing in a garage can make you a car. You must repent. And that really is the beginning of seeing the dream come about. So if you're here and you've never really repented, you need to do it tonight. 
because you could be dead 15 minutes from now, God forbid, in a horrible car crash. None of us know when it's over. And I pray that God protects you and gives you long life and blessing. But no one knows when your day's up. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, you've never made a decision to live for Him. You've never made a decision to get right with Him or repent of your sin. Why don't you do it now? Why don't you do it now? He said, well, I'm not ready. Yeah, the devil makes sure you're never ready. He said, well, I need to correct some things. No, no, no. You come to God just the way that you are. He loves you so much. He receives you the way that you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. And he'll change you and he'll mold you and he'll make you as you surrender to him, learn his word, go to church, learn to pray and walk in a way that's pleasing to God. So if you're not right with God, you want to give your heart to Him for the first time, or maybe you drifted. In other words, you gave your heart to Jesus long ago, but you've not been living for God. You know, you're living a life of sin. Maybe you're fornicating. Maybe you're doing drugs. Maybe you're lying, stealing, cheating. You're on your own way. You need to repent. You know how somebody's, they, they, when they've given their heart to God, you know how, they've, they're, you know how they, you know that they've been changed? You know how they're a new creation? They live differently. They don't continue to do the same stuff that the world does and says, yes, I love God. That's something, something's wrong. And if you can't remember when you gave your life to Jesus, you probably didn't. Now, I'm getting a little aggressive because I just sense I need to. So if you're here, bow, if you're here, how many of you are here? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Come on, just bow your head, examine your heart. It's a good thing to do. Ask the Lord. Come on, talk to him for a moment. Are you saved? Have you repented? Are you really walking with God? Well, kind of. If it's kind of, he didn't move. You did. Come all the way back to God. Live for him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret living for God. He does have a dream for you. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment because you drifted, or thirdly, the enemy just lies to you, and you want to be assured of your salvation. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, any of those categories. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Make a recommitment or just be assured of your salvation. One, two, three. Lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Raise your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you right there. Praise God. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, sweetheart. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you, sweetheart. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, pray right out loud. Just right out loud with all your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. And thank you that Jesus rose again from the grave. In the same way, wash away all of my sin. And raise me up now. Help me to fulfill the purpose for which you've created me. I make you Lord of my life. I, I take you as my Savior. I receive your free gift of salvation. Help me now to sanctify my life. To live in holiness and purity. Set me free from every chain, from every bondage, from every yoke, and use me in this end time harvest. Use me to fulfill the dream that you have for me, for my family, for my church, for my community, for my nation, and for the nations of the world. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd fill and touch and bless. Encourage, strengthen, enable each of these to walk in a way that's circumspect before you, knowing that the days are evil. That each and every one would put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. They'd learn and grow in the Word. That they'd be renewed by the transforming of their mind, as it says in Romans 12. That they'd come to find out who you are and who they are in you. And they'd walk in the freedom that you so, so wonderfully purchased for us by your death and your resurrection. I bless them and fill them now. In Jesus' name. Minister Michaelitis.
Jesus. We'll close in just a moment. Come on, just sing this with us. We love you, Lord, my rock forever. Forever and all my days. I will love Come on, with all your heart, make it your prayer. I will love you. Yes, I will love you, Lord, my sheep. Oh, I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever and all my days, I will love you, God. Come on. I will love you, Lord, my strength. We make a commitment to love you, God. I will love you, Lord, my shield. Yes, I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever and all my days, I will love you, God. Amen. I hope you've been encouraged and strengthened. Have a blessed Monday and a Memorial Day. God, we pray, God, for all the families that have lost loved ones, and we thank you for those. I think it's over 3 million men and women have given their lives for the United States of America. In the history of our country, over 3 million people have died so you can celebrate the freedoms that we have today. Did you know that? So we just thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day and the start of summer. May the fish run deep and thick. May you be able to walk across on their backs. Amen. May God richly bless you this week. We hope to see you Wednesday night. God, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. Praise the Lord.